Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. For days before the race, the pits are the scene of great activity, and nowhere are they busier than in the Jaguar pits. For Jaguars have a proud record in this great endurance test. To preview the race for us, one of our cameras and recording gear are fixed in one of the D-type Jaguars over in Lamar. Then their number one driver, Mike Hawthorne, last year's winner, climbs in with our microphone attached to his chest so that he can bring you a running commentary as he races around the course. So let's go around Lamar now with Mike Hawthorne. Now on the starting line, getting ready to move off. Moving off. Generating hard up to Dunlop. Dunlop Bridge. Now they've made Dunlop Bridge much faster this year. By doing so, they've also made it safer. Not so acute as it was. You can go round very nearly flat out. We're on Mulsanne Strait now. Going down here. In the race, we get up to about 175 to 185 miles per hour. One advantage of having a long straight like this is you can relax a little and get some back some of your energy. The only trouble is that at night it's very difficult to try and judge the distance of other cars that are going slower than yourself. And especially on this corner, which is uh, flat out for the big cars at about 175. And when you're approaching a smaller car, you have to judge the distance for who's going to get there first. It becomes quite difficult. Now coming over Brow the hill, down to Mulsanne Corner. We're taking first gear, second, down to first, around. A lot of people have gone into that sandbank during the races and spent a long time digging themselves out. Now this is where they've made one of the biggest improvements on the course. It used to be a, a very dangerous hump here. You couldn't see over it, and you were liable to run into trouble if you threw cars spinning the other side of it. But now they've cut it away, and it's far better. We can just about take it flat out now. We're now approaching the rise before White House, where they've made a big improvement by widening the road and also lowering it a lot now far safer to be taken very, very fast indeed. We're now coming up to the pit. Long straight, just up here on the left, having to go slowly through the pit because of the crowd. Now the cars. You can see it's terribly crowded. Of course, it won't be like this at 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Hi, I'm Corky Coker, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. 
Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to your computer and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And don't forget to check out our archive page, where you can listen to all 300 and close to 400 radio shows that we've done over the last going on or finishing up the eighth year. How about that? Hey, good evening, Tommy. How you doing? I'm doing great, Robert. How you doing? Happy uh, Fat Tuesday. Is it Fat Tuesday? Yeah, it's almost over now. <laughs> well, see, now, what is Fat Tuesday? Because, I, sorry, I'm not in, uh, I don't even know what Fat Tuesday uh, is about. Start of Mardi Gras. Oh, that, well, wait a minute, that goes on in New Orleans, or is there something local here that I don't know about? Oh, I know, there's something going on in Dunedin, right? Yeah, they have an annual they parade do. and festivity, I'm sure. Okay, well, today happens to be World Radio Day, so uh, how about uh, a big shout-out to all us in the radio business it's the world celebration of radio and of course we know that everybody tunes into radio much more than people realize see and i didn't know that so. you didn't know that okay or even yeah well just in case bobby if you're listening you can call in and tell us what uh world radio day is or uh you know elaborate on a little bit but hey since we're talking about uh events let's go right to the florida car shows minute because there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend so if you want to find out where all the car shows are particularly in the state of florida don't forget to check out flacarshows.com. That's where you can find out about everything that's going on. Now, let me give you an update of some of the stuff that's going on. And, of course, an event that I will be at, which, you know, I have to because uh, I'm a 356 Porsche kind of guy. But at the uh, Mission Inn in uh, Mount Dora, or actually Howie in the Hills, this weekend is the uh, Florida Owners Group. That's the name of the 356 car guys in the state of Florida. And we're kind of like a distant chapter of the 356 registry. And that takes place this weekend. So for if you're a 356 guy and you dig old Porsches, or we call them bathtubs or tubs, that's where you want to be, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's at them in uh, Howie in the Hills. And it's a lot of fun. We have a get-together. We have a luncheon. We have some drives. And we have a swap meet. And, of course, you know me. I'm a swap meet junkie. And I'm always trying to piece my little tubs together. Okay, also coming up here next week is the Carlisle Winterfest, that's over at the Sun and Fun campus, which is basically the Sun and Fun place where they have the little planes and fly-ins and a big swap meet over there. That's the 23rd and the 25th. You've got the Boca Raton Concourse. That's also next weekend, the 23rd through the 25th. Renegers is this weekend. Now, Renegers has their winter, one of their three winter extravaganzas. So if you're a artsy fartsy collector kind of guy you like antiques and cool stuff and weird stuff and uh there's gonna be a lot of that uh, let me tell you something you better bring your walking shoes because it's uphill downhill and that is in mount dora that's renegers swap meet this weekend so that's gonna be a ton of fun also big shout out to our friends at the national mustang racing association nmra that is the third actually March 2nd through the 4th at Bradenton Motorsports, NMRA, National Mutt. Now, I will have some radio giveaway tickets for that. So we're not going to do it this show. We're going to do it the next show. Okay, so in case you're sitting there frothing at the bed and you want to dial in for a call or giveaway, uh, we will do that not this week but next week. Anyway, and then the week after that, also in March, 9th through the 11th, is the NMCA, which is the National Muscle Car Association meet, and that's also at Bradenton Motorsports. So you got two fun-filled weekends of drag racing and swap meets and cool cars, and that's at the Bradenton Motorsports, and that's put on by NMRA and MM NMCA. Now, the big event, the big, 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 big event, okay, is March 9th through the 11th is my favorite, and on my list of have-to-go-to, must-dos, and that is the Amelia Island Concourse, the Amelia Island Collector Car Weekend. That is coming up here in less than a month, okay? I think we're three weeks out on that. So, well, let's see, what's today, the 15th? Okay, let's just call it just shy of a month, okay? So, Amelia Island, if you've never been there, the Sunday event, the amazing Amelia Island Concourse put on by Bill Warner is just absolutely the, the epitome of car shows because everything that you can possibly imagine will be there. Friday, okay, you've got just all kinds of people driving around. You've got memorabilia stuff going on. It's just, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show because I have a special guest coming on the show here. So we'll talk a little bit more about the Amelia Island Concourse and uh, leading up to the Sunday big event. Okay, this weekend here in Clearwater for all you guys hanging out here is the fifth annual Cruise in the Capital. That's the 17th to the 18th. And not only are they going to do cars this year, but they're going to do bikes as well, okay? 
So that pretty much wraps up this week, next week, and the week after. And, uh, hey, if you're hungry, because I've got the munchies. Oh, you got your hand up there, young yeah, man? you have a couple of callers. Charlie wanted to mention a couple of shows. Char- I think. Okay, well, let me finish up here real quick. So if you are uh, if you if you got the munchies, and uh, and I love pizza, love Italian food, okay, uh, don't forget to check out Belladors, okay, 581-5000. We used to do some stuff with the Belladors. I think we're going to be doing that again. So we may be welcoming back Belladors as a sponsor. In the meantime, if you're into the barbecue thing, don't forget to check out the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive. That's 501-9090, Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you will get a free drink with your dinner. Now, we got a guest on the line. Who wants to call in and give me some fun stuff to talk about? Yeah, Charlie. Uh, Charlie, where you at, Charlie? Hey. Hey. How's it going? How's hey. it going, man? You doing all right? I'm hanging in there. How about you? All right, so listen. If you got the munchies again, we're having a big Italian fest this weekend. It's the famous Feast of St. Gennaro, the one that they have in New York in Whoa. September. Whoa. Yeah, the famous one that goes for 10 days. They have it here twice, uh, once a year down in Florida in February, this weekend only. Where's Joey it Where, 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 where? Downtown, downtown, hold on. Downtown Safety Harbor, behind okay. the spa. Okay. Uh, Joe, Joey D's playing Saturday, uh, Sunday night. Uh, the Black Honkies is Saturday night, which I never understood that. Black Honkies at the Italian Fest. <laughs> anyway, but we're going we're gonna to have a booth there. We're doing Zeppelis, egg creams. We'll have some pastries. There'll be a meatball eating contest, a cannoli oh. eating contest. Ooh. Yeah. So I know, I mean, you know me, I got my 57 old. I'd love to go to this car show on my bike, but I'm going to be over there the whole weekend. All right. So if some of your listeners want to fatten themselves up and get off their diets for a while and come out there. It's a fun event. There's all kinds of, there's a, you know, Italian motorcycles there, Italian cars there. Well, I don't know, you know, a couple of things about Italian cars. Oh, and yeah. Um, Ferrari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fiat. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So right. I just thought I'd throw that in you. Okay, good. Well, I'm yeah. glad you did. And uh, you might see me at the meatball eating contest. You never know. Uh, hey, hey, I, I hey, hope so. Hey, so, hey, hey, are you going to be playing? Because you're a guitarist. Are you going to be playing? Anyway? Um, I'm actually going to be playing probably Friday night at Krabby Bills on Clearwater Beach with my buddies and Mark really? Cruz brothers upstairs. Really? Yeah, it's a nice gig. Yeah, we, we right. have a good thing. Come out and sit in with us. Hang out. I know you play and sing, well, you know, I, when you have a couple of cocktails in you. And I, I can't sing. I, I, I can't even harmonize. But uh, and <laughs> I can and I can play a few strings, play a few chords. That's about it. A couple of riffs. That's but anyway. Cool. All You're right. always welcome. All right. Well, Charlie, thank yeah, you for that. Yeah, be good. Good show, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take okay. care. Very good. See you. All right. So who else we got in the line right now? Oh, you got Bobby. Bobby. Is this my my little Bobby? Bobby, are you on the phone? Yeah. Calling in from the vacation theme park capital of the world. <laughs> So you're way up there in Orlando, not too well, far from I'm, the... I'm, help, I'm helping you out with the FLA car sale report because I can give you... I can expand you across the map a little, oh, okay. a little bit. And then you can tell so us real quickly about uh, World Radio British Day, night. what that's all about. Uh, World Radio Day basically um, uh, it celebrates... Well, aside from just celebrating radio across the world, you know, it celebrates the fact that, um, you know, a lot of countries where cable and stuff like that is uh, censored and, and, you know, or not available or whatever. Yeah. Radio is there. Radio is everywhere. And, and chances are, no matter who's messing with the TV or anything like that, yeah, radio people can uh, put up a tower and uh, broadcast freely. And if you have a radio, it's free. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of the freedom, you know, celebration of one of our, <laughs> one of our freedoms. Well, <laughs> one okay. Of many. okay. And then you're going to tell us about the FLA stuff going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that uh, that British British night at uh, at uh, Ace, Ace Cafe. Cafe. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, if you're uh, if you're listening to 1400 on I4, you need to go turn around and grab your British car and uh, run back to Ace Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Super. All right, Bobby. Well, well that's that, what I got, and I, I don't want to run you over your break. So, all right. Uh, oh, yeah, we got a break coming. Okay, so we're going to go to a break real quick. <laughs> Bobby, thank you very much. Love you, kid. See you this weekend because uh, we'll be playing with our tubs, and uh, that's uh, 356 bathtubs, that is. All right, hey, you touched, uh, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back, and we got a great show for you. And thank all you guys for tuning in. And remember, it's World Radio Day. Tell your friends. Listen to the radio. Here's a little 60s garage band music, man. Dig it.
This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Hi, this is Etzel Ford with the Ford Motor Company, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. <laughs> We're back. Hey, it's World Radio Day, so that means anything can happen in the world of radio, right, Tommy? <laughs> Tommy's going, he's flustered right now. He's doing a good job. Uh, I love Tommy. He's a good kid. Anyway, uh, you know what? We played that little clip from uh, Le Mans. Uh, it was... Uh, um, Mike Hawthorne, who was a well-known race car driver back in the 50s, actually raced Le Mans, raced Formula One a little bit. He's English. And uh, in 56, he was driving the D-Type Jaguar. Jaguar always did very well at Le Mans. And I think 56, 57 was pretty much like their reigning years. And so he kind of narrated. So when you hear me talk about a lot of these events, you know, the shows that you need to go to, that I go to every year, okay, you obviously want to put Scottsdale, Collective Car Week on your, your uh, radar. Amelia Island, you have to put Amelia Island on you. It's a must-attend event. Monterey, California, the Monterey Collective Car Week, a must-attend event. And SEMA, those are the ones that I go to. Now, my bucket list, an event that I always wanted to go, is Le Mans, is the 24-hour Le Mans. I've been to Daytona, I've been to Sebring, been to a number of races around the country. But Le Mans is like the epitome. If you're a GT racer kind of guy, that's definitely the track, that uh, the race of races that you definitely want to uh, put on your radar. And a friend of mine a couple of years ago, who's not really into racing, but just had the lucky, lucky fortune of getting invited there, got the VIP treatment the year that Ford came back in, 19, in 2016 and took one, two, three, just like they did 50 years earlier, 1966, one, two, three, when they crossed the finish line at Le Mans. So he was there for that. Great. I wish I would have been there. And um, that would have been a spectacular event. But, hey, the 4GT and Canassi's team are just ripping it up. They're just tearing up. I mean, one win right after the other. Again, they got Daytona here, the 24-hour race, not too long ago. So, uh, But those are some of the events that I that, – that, that's one of the main events that I want to go to. Obviously, I want to go to Monaco and uh, watch the Formula One race there because that is the eh, – you know, the, 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 the F1 races they have all over Europe are pretty cool. But Monaco is kind of like, that's the class of class. That's the race of races. And, uh, you know, Monaco is just uh, is, is the premier event, in my opinion, for Formula One racing. Okay. It's not the fastest. I mean, the Austrian ring, Österreich uh, ring, which is uh, just outside of Salzburg, I'd love to be to that track. Nuremberg ring, I'd love to be able to watch those guys race over there. And in Formula One, which they do, which is the uh, German Grand Prix. And, uh, you know, elsewhere in Spa, which is in Belgium, uh, another famous track, Monza in Italy, and so on. But I would love to go to one of those. Now, I have been to Coda, which is Circuits of the Americas, which is in Austin, Texas. So I did, did get a chance to go to one of the Formula One races. So if you're into racing, which I'm into racing. Oh, by the way, speaking of racing, I think this weekend is the Daytona 500. So for all you uh, go around, go left, no, wait, go fast, turn left, fast kind of guys. Um, Definitely want to uh, watch, uh, tune in to uh, Daytona 500 this weekend. And, hey, I like Daytona. I like the older days when the cars were kind of more recognizable, you know, stuff that you could actually see. You know, the old saying, race on Sunday, win on – or win, race and win on Sunday, and then, you know, buy on Monday or whatever they sell on Monday, however which way that – race on Sunday, sell on Monday, something to that effect. And I forget who coined it. You know, everybody takes claim to that. But at any rate, hey, I think we're getting ready for, to get our guests on. So what we're going to do is we're going to fire up the uh, – radio here oh, we got a turntable we got some really we got some jazz for you now we you know we always tailor the show 
to whoever the guest is. So we kind of like, if they like a certain type of music, we try to tailor it to music. And if they like movie stars, actors, clips, stuff like that, we try to play those too. Or it's all relevant to the guest. So, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. And you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars again. with cars to the exclusion of all else too, Mr. Perino. Not to the exclusion of all else. It's rather a strong point in your favor, if I might say so. I gather you didn't enjoy being a racer's wife. Well, let's just say I was a widow long before my husband died. Two fast cars and the men who race them. To their women who wait and work. This is Ed Justice, Jr., President and CEO of Justice Brothers Incorporated. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening, and I'm delighted to welcome back again and again and again my good friend and the founder and president of probably the best, no, the best car event on the planet. Bill Warner. Bill, how you doing? I'm hanging in here. You're hanging in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention the president and founder of Amelia Island Concourse. There we go. I said it right that time. It works. That works. Okay, cool. So how you been? Um, okay. Okay. Had a little medical struggle, but getting through it. Good, good, good. So we're only weeks away from Amelia Island, so give us some highlights. Oh, this Th- is going to be the best ever. Um, this is the 22nd year now, right? Third. 23rd. 23rd. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, we're doing the cars of uh, Big Daddy Roth, who has often been referred to as the Salvador Dali of automobile design. Okay. Uh, great hot rods, you know, uh, Beatnik Bandit, uh, Tweety Pie, uh, Orbitron, all the wild stuff of Big Daddy Roth. We're doing cars of North American racing teams, some of the greatest Ferraris in the world, and a Corvette that ran under NART banners. Really? Yeah. And, uh, in fact, it was driven by Dave Hines from Tampa, Florida. I knew Dave. Dave had a Jaguar dealership franchise over there in Tampa. He did. One of the greatest Corvette drivers of all time. And they tried to get in Le Mans and couldn't get in. So uh, Luigi Canetti Sr. said, we'll just enter it under North American Racing Team. So here North American Racing Team was primarily known for racing Ferraris. And here they had this big red Corvette thumping around. No kidding. What year was this? Oh, let's see, it would have been about 73, 74. Okay, well, that would have been right about the time, now, that you guys all ran in the, uh, I always say it wrong, the Sea to Shining Sea Cannonball Run thing? Yeah, I did that, and I did it in 75, and then he won it, I think, in 77 or 79, in a Jaguar. In a Jaguar, EXJS, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And- yeah, Dave was a good guy. I raced against him in the Firehawk series a couple of times. Always a gentleman. Now, tell us a little bit about your racing career. Now, you you yourself were 
have had some racing background. I know you're real active in vintage, but you also kind of did a lot of photography. I mean, you're kind of like a you're like a jack of all trades, and you just got some unbelievable connections and master and, of none. <laughs> <laughs> but you've done so well, uh, you know, over the years, and I think that experience, that background, is what sets you apart from everybody else that puts on events because you truly the passion, the your experiences, your connections, and everything. I think that's what makes all that together makes Amelia Island the best event. And well, and I've says been it. very lucky because through I started out as a photographer for Sports Car Graphic in 60, 67, 68, and then went over to Road and Track in 71. So I made a lot of contacts over the years. Then I started racing in uh, 77 and got to know a bunch of folks through that, through the uh, BFG series and the Firehawk series and a couple of IMSA GT races. So the, the combination of the magazine connections and the racing connections made it really easy for me when we started doing the Concord Delegate. How'd the concept come about? I got a call from the PR lady at the Ritz-Carlton up on Amelia Island saying they wanted to do a, uh, a concourse similar to the one on the West Coast. And uh, I was... I'm not a concord guy. You know, I don't go around picking grass out of tires and all that stuff. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, my dad was uh, under hospice care, and I said, if we could uh, if we could do an event and raise funds for hospice and and keep the money in charities in Jacksonville, I'd do it. And it worked out. Wow. Well, 23 years later, it's still the premier event to attend here in the United States and probably elsewhere in the world. So, Thank you. Yeah, we won Best uh, Motoring Event in the World uh, two out of the last five years from Octane Magazine, and that was up against Windsor Castle and uh, Chantilly in Paris and, and uh, Villa Desta in Milan. I said, what makes, what doesn't fit? London, Paris, Milan, Jacksonville. I mean, there's something that doesn't fit. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny you say Jacksonville, but it's really Amelia Island. So it's almost like, um, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's just a very exclusive, uh, natural setting. And it really does, your event and the and the whole setting up there in Amelia, and particularly at the at the Ritz, is just, it's a, it's, 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 it's very fitting. No, very unfortunately, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing the boundaries of what we can do on the island. I mean, there's no hotel rooms for 30 miles, just about. And uh, uh, everything we put on, we do road tours and, and special seminars. And just about everything sold out. Uh, so, uh, oh, you asked some. Uh, what else is going to be the show? The uh, Bullet Mustang from uh, the Steve McQueen uh, movie Bullet. Uh, we're doing a class called Hunting Cars. Cars designed specifically for hunting. And I've worked 10 years. To get El Canino. It's a 50 Buick built by General Motors for the King Ranch. It's a four-door convertible with three carbines in the front fenders. It's got a bar in the back seat. And it's never been off the King Ranch property since 1950. So we had to wheel and deal to get it, but it, 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 it'll be a killer. Well, now tell us about the King Ranch for our listeners. And the King Ranch, in fact, they own property in Florida, too, is the largest privately held ranch in the in the world i think it there are areas of it it takes a full day to drive across i don't know how many acres it is but you know all through texas cattle cattle uh, ranching mostly but king ranch texas is huge and they had this special car built to hunt with mostly quail hunting it's got a seat on the right front fender it's got a winch behind the grill it's got a bar in the back seat like i mentioned a folding windshield a four-door convertible, only one ever built. Wow. And then uh, uh, we got another surprise. Uh, you'll have to Google it, but uh, the Shelby Lone Star. Oh, really? Yeah. It'll be the first time that car's been seen in like 47 years. Uh, mid-engine, uh, aluminum monocoque. Looks like a Ferrari P3, but it was a proposal to replace the 289 and 427 Cobra. Interesting, interesting. I've never seen that car in person. I've only seen pictures of it. Yeah, well, there was only one article that was ever written about the car, and even some Shelby experts don't even remember the Lone Star. 
Well, now let me ask you this: Is that was that part of the Carroll Shelby's collection, or where was that car all these years? Well, he had it made, right? And then uh, it was sold and found on a used car lot down near San Diego back in uh, oh, 1970 or so. Jeez. When the car was four years old, then it disappeared, and uh, it's it's been hidden away in a basement in New England for many years, being restored. In fact, it was supposed to be with us three years ago, then two years ago, then last year. Finally, they, they finally finished it. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Well, just the fact that you got those cars and, of course, the bullet car, because when we were at Scottsdale this year, everybody was talking about that because they had a little seminar over at the Penske Museum, and uh, yeah. that car came up. And McKeel Haggerty was talking about that car for a while. And, Everybody's uh, excited about it. You know, I, I got more excited last year over the James Bond Aston Martin. Uh, you know, I, I'm not being blasé about it. No. But, you know, it's just a... It's a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, I know. To, to, to us Ford Mustang guys, you know, it's a big deal, you know, because this is the car that supposedly everybody thought eh, it was gone. But those of us kind of in the circle, we all knew the car was up in Ohio or up, yeah. up someplace for the longest Kentucky, time. Ohio, yeah. And, and then there was the second one that was just been found. You know, they usually in a movie, they do two or three cars in case they, they total one out. I mean, there were. I believe there were three Aston Martins done for Goldfinger, uh-huh. the stunt car and the driving car. And, you know, the, uh, so in, in modern day movies where a car is featured, you can almost be assured there's two or three out there. Oh yeah, and there's probably one that they don't talk about because it was uh, like a really backup car or something. Yeah. yeah. So, um, all right. So, tell us about some of the seminars. Now, I know Bob Varsh is hosting one of them, and that's I think IMSA yeah. GTP drivers. And then yeah, you- it is. David Hobbs and Brian Redmond and Chip Robinson and Derek Daly um, uh, and then Mark Raffoff from IMSA talking about the, the days back in the 80s. And then on Friday, we've got one I like. It's called What's Next? W-A-T-T-S, What's Next? The Future of Electric Cars. And we've got the vice presidents of design, Mike's. Michael Simcoe from General Motors, Maury Callum from Ford, his brother Ian Callum from Jaguar, Alfonso Albeza from uh, Nissan, uh, uh, Gordon Wagner from Mercedes-Benz, and Grant Larson from Porsche. And they're going to all talk about hybrids and electric cars and what's coming from the manufacturers. Now, that ought to be interesting because that was actually a topic that we had in Scottsdale, and Bob Lutz was there on that one, too. So um, get, get, while we're on the subject of that, why don't you share your thoughts on electric cars? You know, if you're driving around town, I think they make some sense uh, until they get the, the uh, charging time down to a reasonable level and the range uh, of over 350 miles. I don't see it displacing the... Uh, uh, gasoline-powered cars, um, but I'm old. See, I've got an old perspective, an old practical perspective. Uh, you know, Tesla has been very successful. Well, I say successful. They haven't been profitable, <laughs> but they've been successful in marketing a, a, a very attractive electric car. But uh, I, I look at the residual values. You know, let's, let's suppose you buy a Tesla at $80,000 and uh, five years later, it's worth, let's say, twenty grand, and all of a sudden, you've got to buy a battery pack at, at twelve grand or whatever it costs to replace it. The residual value of the car versus the cost of new battery packs, I think, is going to affect it much more than it would be for, say, a gasoline engine. Uh, electric cars are coming; you can't stop them. The federal government is almost mandated. There's certain cities that are going to require it. You know, the heart of downtown London. If you don't have a car that'll run on electricity, it can be a hybrid that runs just on electricity. You won't be able to take the car in the heart of downtown London. So uh, governments will have some input into that. Uh, Michael Simcoe gave me a pr- from General Motors gave me a pretty good insight. He said, you know, in Europe, the big cities aren't that far apart. You know, you go from uh, Amsterdam to Paris. It's like going from Jacksonville to Savannah. So electric cars can kind of make sense there. But here, if you're going from, say, uh, Jacksonville to New Orleans, it, it's going to be a, a tough haul in, a, in an all-electric car. 
Well, like you said, too, you know, the cost of the batteries, but the charging. If you've got the factory Tesla deal and you're at a Tesla location or you've got the, the high-powered charger in your house, that's fine. You can get it done in, you know, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But if you're at one of the uh, a remote location, you're there for an hour or two before they – or sometimes longer than that. Well, and I, 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 I have some, consi- uh, some consideration about safety. Um, you know, the hybrid cars that run at Le Mans. Uh, if they crash, you know, it can be minutes before safety crews can even touch the car. They got to make sure that uh, oh yeah, there's there's no electric electricity running through the chassis that'll kill you if you hit it. They tell the drivers that you know if you get out of the car, stand up and jump out. Don't step out. I mean, it'll, it, it, and I think that needs to be answered too. What happens in a major collision when you've got all this high voltage running around? Uh, I've got a book that was printed in 1904, and they talked about gasoline cars and how dangerous it was going to be to have this highly inflammable and explosive liquid on every street corner of the country. Well, you know, we we have it. It works. <laughs> so, um, you know, there are certain things that have to be addressed. Uh in the seminar, we're going to talk about, you know, what do you do to develop a face on an electric car? You look at the new Tesla Model 3, it is just flat ugly. For the front. It, has no, it has no personality. You know, no. It's, it's bland looking. So do you do you create a look? And, and by the same token, do you create a sound? You know, there's, there's something about like a Mercedes 6.3 when you nail it and that thing wails and you... You know, there's a very visceral feeling to it. Uh, electric cars like the, the uh, Tesla Ludicrous, which has motors in all four corners, goes zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds, but it's like a, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> I asked Alex Borla, the, the guy who makes exhaust systems, I said, what are you going to do about making noise out of electric cars? And he just laughed. He says, you know, by then I'll be dead, so. Well, you know, it's interesting. There was an article somewhere I was reading, and it was talking about finally. And you're you're a horsepower junkie. I'm a horsepower junkie. But back in the old days, everybody knew the high octane fuel burns at a better rate and creates performance as well as economy. Low octane fuel, low compression engines just don't work. So now we're going back that direction. And this article said something about that the manufacturers now want to um, mandate that the oil companies make a higher octane fuel because they want the cars to run on higher octane because they know they run more efficient. So give me yeah. your take on that because that's old school and that's the way it is. Yeah, you're right. That's just the way it is. I've got a uh, 2009 Mercedes 6.3. Fabulous car. Absolutely fabulous. It just lights you up every time you drive <laughs> it. It's a sports sedan, and it requires 93 octane to run. You know, uh, and that was, that was regular back in the old days. Less than right. regular. Well, 89, I think, was, was the regular. No, back in the 60s now, 70s now. That's so you know, because yeah. we had... Well, I remember the old Sunoco 260 pump where you could choose what? your octane. Yeah, 105, 110, yeah. you know, that was it, at the pumps. We're doing a whole class of electric cars, and you got to remember that mostly the electric cars were from the 1890s to about 1922 when uh, uh, Boss Kettering designed the electric starter motor. It com- completely redefined driving because in the old days the electric cars were favored by doctors and women they could get in turn the key you know and and motor around but you got to remember back in those days to go across a a city like st louis is maybe five miles and those cars would do it nowadays you know cities are much bigger the requirement is is is, uh, uh much more uh uh, stringent as far as range and uh, capabilities. So uh, the technology will come. It's just that I'm I'm not ready for it yet. I, I've I've driven a couple of all electric cars and I find them to be uh, sterile, like driving a very luxurious golf cart. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I know when I first took the test out for a spin over there, at, uh, it was at Pebble Beach. They had a couple of them there. And, uh, I, I mean, the door handle, you get inside the car, it was just very sterile looking, looked like a video game. And it was just, uh, it did nothing for me. You get, it, I, it didn't even feel luxurious, you know, like, you know, it didn't, no, it didn't feel plush. Like you get in your Mercedes uh, or your BMW, that's plush. Yeah. It's a, it's almost like an appliance. Yes. But in many cases, that's all anybody wants. That's yeah. sad. 
you and I are car guys. And we, yeah. We want the, the uh, uh, experience of uh, the visceral nature of, a, of a, I hate to overuse the word, but of, of a car, the, the, uh, the roar of the engine, the, the, uh, the, just how it feels. You, you may buy an electric car, it's faster, you know. Electric, electric motors develop uh, maximum torque at zero RPM, so they launch really, really good. Um, uh, I just, I'm just not ready for it. Yeah, it makes two of us for the iPhone generation, I guess. But uh, yeah. All right, so what are some of the other feature marks that are going to be there this year? Well, let's see. Um, Aston Martin and Auburn, I think I read someplace, right? Am I, am I cl- oh, no, Auburn for sure, right? Auburn is a featured classic. Okay, future classic. Okay. And we're doing a Porsche Carrera. We've got the very first Carrera built coming all the way from Italy. Uh, really? When you yeah. say Carrera, we can we go back into 356 Carreras? Or are we talking about pre 356? Pre 356, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. that would be 1950. Yeah. 50. I think it's built 52. Oh wow. 51, 52. It's a coupe. Uh huh. And uh, we're doing the cars of Martini and Rossi racing the Lancias and. Uh, Porsche is flying over the 917 at one Le Mans, the Martini and Rossi 917. Jerry Seinfeld will be debuting his uh, uh, 935-76 with one Watkins Glen. And then coming from the Channel Islands, we've got uh, the uh, Mary Stewart Porsche Carrera. They call it the Mary Stewart because the spoiler wrapped around the back like Mary Stewart's collar on her on her outfit. Right. And, uh, Pardon? 1700s. And then uh, John Campion from here in Jacksonville has the definitive Martini and Rossi collection with uh, the, uh, uh, the LC2 Le Mans Open Roadster. He's got the Le Mans Coupe. He's got uh, uh, Stratos. He's got the rally cars, the 037. So the Martini and Rossi class will be cool. The Nart car class will be cool. Um, I'm wild about the hunting cars. I mean, we've got some really, really interesting cars designed specifically for hunting, in addition to El Canino. Well, now, let me tell Well, since we're talking about hunting cars, there was a production car that came out back in the day, and I forget what they call it, but the, it was a Studebaker station wagon with the back roof slid. Yeah, it would slide open. Yeah, what was that called? Uh, that was a Conestoga. Conestoga, okay. Oh, yeah, there was something else about a Studebaker. You got kind of a coral-colored one there, an earlier one, but it's... Oh, that's one that's been donated to us for spina bifida. Okay. And the owner will match dollar for dollar what the bid price is, so we're real thrilled about that. That, That'll be a great help for spina bifida Jacksonville. Okay, is that going to be auctioned up at RM, or where's that? At RM. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Oh, first time ever, ever, the two Formula One cars that... Uh, uh, Emerson uh, Fittipaldi. Fittipaldi won his uh, world championships in, and the two Indy cars he won Indy with. So you got the two Penske's, you got the Lotus Formula One car, you got the McLaren M23Cs. In fact, we got three McLaren M23Cs from that season. And then the Mercedes Penske, and the IROC Camaro, and the IROC uh, Porsche. Oh, wow. But as far as the importance, the importance is we've got the two Formula One cars and the two Indy cars, as he is the only man ever to win two World's Formula One championships and two Indy 500. And he will be there. Of course. And what a nice gentleman. We met with him last week at Ocala. His his son is running in uh, professional go-karts. Oh, really? And he was down there, yeah. Interesting, interesting. But I t- tell you what, Bill, I'm telling you, honestly, you know, nobody can compete with you because, you know, you appeal to the guys with the classics, the guys with the weird cars, the guys with the race cars, the guys with the supercars, the guy, I mean, you just, you just cover all the bases. I mean, just absolutely incredible because, and nobody else does that like you. I mean, you're just, I don't know. I can't, I can't say enough good stuff about it because I'm so impressed every time I go there because it's just like, Wow. Well, you know, it's a changing uh, audience. It's a younger audience, and uh, other shows focus on uh, uh, the classics. And we like the classics. We got a class of Duesenbergs. You know, it's not that we don't like the classics, but uh, people under you know under sixty years of age they want to see Porsche nine seventeens and Porsche nine sixty twos. They want to see Ferrari GTOs. They, 
uh, Ford GT40s. That's and I'm not saying this like I'm not minimizing. You don't want to play. Yeah, you got to play to your audience. You, right. But I happen to be a guy who likes those kind of things. You know, the car's the big daddy Roth. You know, and most Concours wouldn't do that. They'd say, "Oh, those are hot rods." Yeah, but they're fabulous hot rods. I mean, they're just over the top hot rods. And uh, uh, Big Daddy Roth was so far ahead of his time that uh, I, I think his time has come to reappreciate. Uh, well, I like what your he did. I like your description. You said the Salvador Dali of cars. Well, I, I I didn't make that up. That was Tom Wolf. The writers called him that. Okay. And uh, um, yeah, he's uh, you know the cars are bizarre. You know, bubble top, uh, panel painted, huge engines. In most cases, they didn't run. I mean, they didn't. They didn't have a big enough radiator to keep the engine cool. They were they were static displays. But they were absolutely amazing, and they made models. And kids like me grew up building those oh, cars. Oh my lord! We were not. We've uh, we've cast uh, uh, for the owners. We've cast uh, instead of judging the cars. We we cast a, a six inch tall rat fink. Oh, perfect. And we're, each, each each owner will get one of those, and we're going to have them in a cabinet in the middle of the display. And around Ratfink, it's going to be raised up inside, or all the kits, you know, the, the Ravel kits. Uh-huh. Oh, man. And we'll have two trucks on the field. We'll have Ross uh, 55 Ford pickup. Uh-huh. And we'll have the Martini and Rossi service van. Now, are most of his cars in private collections, or is there one collection that has a majority of the cars? Uh, they're both. Uh, both? Okay. Bo Buckman from uh, Galpin Ford in Los Angeles has five of them. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, Harrah Museum in Reno, uh, America's Automobile Museum, has two. They got Beat Dick Bandit 1, Beat Dick Bandit 2. Uh, Tweety Pie is owned by uh, the Peterson Museum. And Rick Rollins owns a car called Surfite. It was a little car that carried a surfboard. Mm -hmm. Wasn't Uh, the Mysterion one of his cars, too? uh, Mysterion wasn't it. uh, That car disappeared, so they have recreated it. It's in the Galpin Ford uh, Bo Buckman collection. Okay. We got a couple minutes. Where do you think Concourse are going to go in the future? Because you mentioned it's generational. I think they've got to broaden their horizon on what's interesting. Now, there's a fine line you go, you know. I had somebody from a major manufacturer say, once you do cars of dub, you know, 22-inch wheels, <laughs> forget it. You know, let someone else do that after I'm gone. That, that's not it. I think we, we have to embrace 60s, 70s mm-hmm. and what was going on then. And, uh, uh, you know, still... Still celebrate the classics, but also celebrate the unusual and the exciting, the race cars. Okay. We, we were one of the first to really focus on race cars and a racing champion, and it's been a good formula for us. No, definitely, definitely. How about cars of the future? Yeah, well, we have some uh, concepts that are coming. We have a, an older concept, the Corvette uh, Manta Ray, mm-hmm. which uh, Mark Royce, the Vice President of General Motors, and Michael Simcoe are going to take on the road tour. Uh, we've got the uh, Mercedes Project One coming. It'll be the first oh, wow. concourse showing of, of that. We've got uh, uh, Project Nine, the uh, all-electric uh, uh, car that harkens back to the 30s Grand Prix cars. This is coming from uh, Infinity. Um, uh, we, we've got some surprises for the field. And, okay. And the new Aston Martin, which hasn't been seen in public, be first showing for it. Excellent. So, you know, it, it's got to be a combination of things. Certainly you want the new future cars out there. But I think you asked me what, where the Concours are going. They're going to have to go uh, more towards uh, some of the more modern cars. But those that truly have an important, you know. Okay. Well, Bill, we're up against the clock, so... I want to personally thank you very, very much because over the years you've been very, very instrumental in helping me attain some of the most phenomenal guests on my radio show. So that's just a personal thanks out from me to you. Uh, and, pleasure. And, you know, the the Dan Gurneys of the world, you know, the Mario Andretti's, uh, Jay Leno, you know, people like that. I mean, just absolutely incredible, you uh, know. Jay's great. He, he is. is 
been a good friend of ours for years. So, well, all the race. I mean, Lynn St. James was there. You know, Bob Bond runs there. I mean, yeah. I, I I wrote an article. I responded to an article on Sports Car Market, and it was something about tell us what your thoughts were. And I, I meant to bring that tonight, but I wrote a little a clip on it, and it actually got published in Sports Car Market, and basically just compliments you and talks about pretty much everything we talked about in the show. How you have just single handedly created probably the most phenomenal car show on the planet, and I think everybody needs to go. And I talk about it yearly. So again, I want to thank you. And if people want to find out more about it, they got to go to AmeliaIslandConcourse.com and uh, uh, org. Okay. That's it. Uh, not Amelia Island, but AmeliaConcord.org. AmeliaConcord.org. Okay, very and, good. Uh, and everything they need to know is there. Okay. Well, Bill, you take care. Best of luck to you. Uh, good health. All that other good stuff. We'll see you there. Look forward to Thanks, it. Thanks, Robert. Look and, forward to seeing you. Yep. And I want to thank my special guest this evening, Bill Warner, president and founder of Amelia Island Concourse d'Elegance. Again, AmeliaConcourse.org. Check it out. you got to go there. It's a must 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 attend i can't describe it it's indescribable it's perfect it's just an amazing venue anyway hey i want to thank all my listeners again for tuning in to nostalgia Greeting cars don't forget every tuesday night here on the tan talk radio network between 7 and 8 p.m right here on am 1340 i'll say that once in a while we're also on 101 what are we 106.1 right that's where if you're on fm then we got the two other stations which i can't remember what those are but they're on the website i know i'm just kind of like casual about this thing hey don't forget check out uh, some of the car shows this weekend floridacarshows.com Go visit the Rib Shack, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and more importantly, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family.